Well, welcome back, dolls, to another episode of So My Mom's a Therapist. Uh, today I have on a couple and just getting to spend some time with Desiree and Nikki. I met them on one of my online groups that I offer uh, once a month and really connected with them, thought they had a lot to share. So today I sit down, hear how they met, which is a great story, and also get to hear some of the challenges they had coming into their relationship, um, just with their own different histories on both extremes, one with never having dated, the other one having been married um, having an ex-husband, having several relationships, and then these two girls coming together and learning how to navigate a relationship together. Probably the highlight for me was when we finally got to this point where they both said, if we hadn't both jumped out of our our comfort zone and we hadn't gotten uncomfortable, we never would have met in the first place. And man, if that if that's all you take away from this session, that is a great a great nugget of just leap, leap, do something to get out of your comfort zone, try something, you have nothing to lose. So won't you join me? I think you'll really enjoy Desiree and Nikki as they open up and share about their relationship. All right. Well, welcome. I'm so excited to have you girls uh, join me today on the podcast. And we're going to just, why don't we, I'm going to, I'll start even by saying how I met you guys. I met you on a group training. I've been actually starting to, even at the beginning of these podcasts, just invite people to say, hey, if you don't have access to therapy, or you feel like you haven't clicked with someone, offering groups that are limited to 10 people. Um, and it's just like a two-hour training uh, with a follow-up section to be able to answer your questions. And I met you guys on one of those on one of those groups. And I just, I was like, oh, I was like, wait, who's that in the background? Wait, have her join, yeah, yeah. Have her join in too. Um, so, I'm so glad you did that. I, I was know. like, kind of sneak her in somehow. I was like, ah, like this like, is for both of us. Do we, do we have to pay <laughs> double if she's there? No, yeah, yeah. no. This, I mean, this is a shout out too. If you're someone who has a roommate and you signed up from one of my trainings, bring in the roommate, bring in your partner. We're not that rigid about it. I mean, if you pack a room full of 100, then okay, maybe we need to like, rethink. Um, but I, I loved our connection and loved getting to spend time with you girls. And so I just thought you had a lot of insight to share. And I loved also how you how you start. So would love to, can you just start by even just saying how did, how you guys met, how you started your relationship? I just, I even loved that story. Yeah, I love telling it. <laughs> I, I usually let, let She's her like, tell and, the beginning of yeah, the <laughs> Yeah, so this is Desiree um, and Nikki that are joining us. So Desiree and Nikki, just share, I, share, can you just share with people a little bit about how you met in your relationship? Yeah, so um, I was actually at work. So I'm a registered nurse. Um, I was, we had downtime, um, not a busy hospital. So I was at the nurse's station, just kind of like flipping through TikTok, blah, blah, blah. And on my For You page, boom, pops a face. And I was like, Oh, who's this? And, <laughs> and actually, I don't know if you guys remember, but it was the, uh, girlfriend dating application trend that was this time last year. Oh, I remember. Of- mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. So Nikki had done one of those and her just boom, her face popped up on my for you page. And like, I literally couldn't stop watching that her video for like 10 minutes. <laughs> and I was like, why am I so compelled? Like, I'm, I'm really like, I mean, obviously she's dropping gorgeous, but still. Uh, <laughs> and I saw her, there was like a whole bunch of views and um, people that were contacting. So she kind of went, went viral with that video. And I was looking, it was a bunch of people shooting their shot in the comments. And I was like, mm, how do I be strategic about this? Yes. And I went, I was like, I want to be noticed. And so I went over to her other videos 
And I commented on one of those. And I was just like, hey, you know, you're in St. Louis. It's not too far from me. Um, if you ever want to hang out, wanky. And it's like, it took about a good week because she had to like kind of filter through all that. <laughs> it happens when the, when the video goes goes viral. Yeah. You have to be like, how do I weed through all the, the yeah. all the response we get? Okay. So being yeah. creative and kind of finding a side door. Yeah. I, I found a side door and then she yeah. followed me back and I was like, ah! Oh my gosh. She was, yeah, she was the only one that I ended up really falling back. Um, okay. Yeah, I think it ended up. Yeah, she stood out, and I like I was I was at kind of a, a point in my life where I was like, well, let me just put this out there, kind of ready to try dating ish. But I came more from the perspective of, well, if anything, just connecting with people and even making friends and and whatnot. Okay. Um, Can I just pause and highlight that? Because I think that goes along so much with what I'm always preaching is you got to take the weight off of it instead of finding my person or my partner or the one is this, can I just, if I shoot my shot, right? People are, I put myself out there, I put an application, but then I get to meet amazing human beings, right? And I might meet people I can engage with. Yep. Yeah. That was exactly my mindset. Um, And I feel like that, I will say, I, I feel like that happens probably more often in the queer community. Um, you know, especially, you know, women dating women, like, I feel like a lot of people will become friends from dating apps versus maybe, you know, in the straight, straight me, um, not always, but like that, that does seem to be what I've noticed. Um, so yeah, that was kind of my mindset going in and I was like, well, she, you know, and I, and I saw her and I was like, I think I thought on it for a while and yeah, I was super overwhelmed with all the kind of responses on on the original video. And I was like, well, she looks nice, you know, if anything, new friend and you know kind of close granted she's two hours away from me um but you know better than states away and I was like okay so followed her back and yeah she pretty much messaged me almost right away I waited three days (laughs) I tried (laughs) I tried not I tried not to count that is impressive that I mean that that is that is incredible managing your emotions right there to wait Uh, it was hard I was like I don't want to scare this one off like it's (laughs) Right. Yeah, because right. I was very much nonchalant, like, okay, sure, whatever. And so I, I want to highlight, and I'll like, I'm going to like pause along the way too and just highlight different things that I think are really important for people to notice. So, those of you that say, well, how am I supposed to meet people? I never meet anybody and I don't want to do dating apps. Okay, if you don't want to do dating apps, what else is you, what else do you have control over? What else do you have choice about? And you putting yourself out there on TikTok, okay, TikTok, Instagram, in person. But if you make yourself helpless, then all you're going to do is leave yourself in a place where you feel like you have no control. So I love that even if, I mean, that can't, that I don't want to speak for you, but that could not have been comfortable. There had to be a little uncomfortable in putting yourself out there. I'm assuming. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was, I, I not, yeah, again, I was kind of at a point where I'm like, let me just, I needed to try something different. Try something general. different. And I right. kind of was like, uh, I don't know if it was in this self-love aspect, but I was like, okay, I just want to. Okay. So this is yeah, just a wake up call there, for but. anybody right now. Try something different. If anything, you walk away from anything from this podcast. This is this is meant for you. Try something different. Okay. I mean, we're we're together because yeah, both of us tried something out of our norm at the same time. Like it was. Can you you just say that again? We are together Mm -hmm. because both we're together. We tried something different. Yeah, at the same time, time. it was just both stepped outside of our comfort zones. I love it. So just leap. Say yes. Right. You you have you have nothing to lose. What's the worst that happens? Right. Yeah. 
right? We're back to where we started. All right. And again, if we shift it to being about a fit and not about who I am as a person, we give ourselves more freedom to do that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so you guys met, you met on TikTok, then, then what? Well, so I actually had, I had clear intentions because, you know, we, (laughs) we, we come from very different backgrounds as far as dating and experience goes. Um, So me, I was, I just, you know, what, about two years ago, I got out of a, um, basically a 10 year long relationship with my ex-husband. Um, and so I was in a very long codependent relationship and I didn't have experience dating because he was my high school sweetheart. And then right after him, I hopped into another relationship. And then once that ended, I think it was actually something that you had said where it's like almost like when that second relationship ends, if you don't grieve the first one, it's like that much harder to grieve like both together. So it was, it was really difficult, but I didn't have experience dating. So I kind of came into it with the mindset of, I didn't have the mindset of, I wanted to be friends. I was very much like in that codependent, I must hop to the next person sort of, well, I think by the time I got to you, I was kind of comfortable. I was comfortable being on my own. Um, cause I gave it like a, a good chunk of time to where I was not super anxious being by myself, but um, I still didn't have the experience of dating. And then neither did she because Nikki hasn't had any relationships. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so it's, it's almost like we came from extreme opposites of the same core thing. Um, so we kind of had to navigate that a little bit and, she was actually the one that kind of kept us in check. And when she started being like, let's use the on-ramp, blah, 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 blah. I was like, what is this? Like, what is this? And then I found out that she was, she had, she was, I, I saw a couple of your videos by the time I met Nikki, but you know, she was following you and kind of using what you say to kind of help her step out of the box. And I was like, what is this on-ramp? Like I took it as like an insult. almost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because what will, because, because Desiree, what was your body used to? My body was used to just like fast and hard, like hard and fast. Right. There's that you swing. I use the Tarzan, like you were swinging, you like, wait, what's the point? Like, no, we swing from one branch to the next. Mm -hmm. Now I'm holding on to the next branch. And again, for like, yeah, from my videos, kind of using what you said, Nikki's like that sense of like an on-ramp takes time and we have a much better chance of the relationship lasting if we create an on-ramp rather than just like swinging straight into the relationship and going like, you know, to so fast, very quickly and getting too deep, too quick. Right. That doesn't give us the the roots that we need. Right. right. Well, and, and for me, I was literally just dipping my toe in the pool for the first time. I yeah. Mean, well, yeah. What was your, you, Jane, I, I heard Desiree say your experience was that for you that you hadn't dated. Yeah. I pretty much, I maybe had only been on one, I say true date that I consider a date where I kind of had, I mean, somewhat intentions of, Hey, I like this person. I think that was, I mean, that was kind of the start of, of me really watching her videos too, was that one date I went in definitely in my head, I had a story created and was super nervous. And that, you know, I think after that first date, it went well that I thought, but it didn't, um, kind of afterward, you know, the conversation, that tennis game that you talk about just wasn't happening. And I got actually very like extremely anxious, 
Um, and I was like, this is not a good feeling and finally kind of stopped that. Um, so that was, that was kind of the first, I was like, some, something needs to change and be different. Like that can't happen again. Um, that was, you know, just not a good feeling. Um, and so that was really the only true date I will say I've had, um, I mean, in the sense of a, a boyfriend in high school that really kind of set up the theme for most of my life was, you know, had a crush, he had a crush, labeled it boyfriend, girlfriend, literally probably, probably the day, the day we labeled it. I was like, Nope, never mind. Don't, don't got scared. Don't want to do it. And avoided him for like the whole month that we were supposedly together. And it was like, I, what's Could you, going you, on? yeah. Cause the minute you started to get close to it, it was just your body feeling so not safe that your body was just that survival fight or flight response was like, we're out. Yeah. I very much, yeah, ran, you know, granted I was 16, but still. Cool. If we could, I wonder if we could just slow down right there. I'm wondering because it, looking back and reflecting mm-hmm. back, what do you think your 16 year old self was afraid of? You know, I, I try to think about that a lot and, and try to figure that out. Um, I, you know, I don't know if I've, I've quite figured it out. I think it was, you know, that, that trend kind of happened as even, you know, through college, you know, for me, that school. And some of that was, okay, use the excuse of, hey, I'm concentrating on school, career, et cetera. Mm-hmm. That, that was also true. But yeah, it was very much as soon as someone would show interest in me. Um, even if I showed interest first, it was like, I don't know. And, you know, I, I think some of that was, I was even thinking about this a little bit last night of, you know, I wonder, um, I think I thought, Hey, are they actually liking this show that I'm putting on? Like once they get to know the real me yeah, and all these, all these flaws and insecurities that I have, they're actually going to be disappointed and then they're yeah. going to reject me. Um, yeah, and, from afar, it's okay. Yeah, from afar, yeah. but the minute we get, we start to walk towards something real, our body being like, oh shoot! Now, I, especially if I feel like I'm really good at putting up a good front or everything's great, but then that sense of it's that vulnerability, and it, yeah. it is that can be. But it just I need to side note: this is not therapy. If it starts to feel too much like therapy, girls, you'll be like, Lisa, we got we got to pause here for a second. Like Lisa, we didn't sign up to cry. We didn't on sign camera. up to cry today, right? <laughs> yeah, but but I, I put think... our makeup on. on <laughs> you both look beautiful, uh, but uh, but well, yes, we'll try to keep the makeup intact. But I think it's what I'm getting at here is I think it's so important for people to realize we can desire a relationship, want a relationship, in that sense of that if I have that relationship with self to keep working on that is so important because eventually you have to show up in there. And if I, if I don't feel, if I haven't developed an ability, this tending to who I am and my, my mess, my own mess, right? The, the, our own mess is to be able to say the minute someone gets too close, it's afraid of, oh no, and then I'm afraid of what they're going to see in the fear of rejection, right? Yeah. Um, and then, and recognizing how strong that is. Right. You also said something else I think is worth highlighting is it's it's uh, there's nothing wrong with saying I want to focus on studies. We just want to pause for a moment. Again, this if this is for you out there, let's just pause for a moment and say, do I use my focus on studies or career? Is it also possibly a mask so I don't have to deal with the real issue, which is, yeah, no, I'm I'm afraid. And I'm, I'm afraid of being vulnerable or being, what if someone sees myself and it, it feels like they're rejecting who I truly am? That's scary as shit. And do I sometimes use that? Because it's easier to say, no, no, I'm focused on my career or on my studies. And that's not a bad yeah. thing. Just recognize it. Yeah. Especially to other people. You know, you always get family and whoever's like, oh, how come you're not 
coffee to anyone or what's sure. going on. I'm like, oh, I'm just focusing on school. And, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't have time. And, you know, that that's an easy excuse or, right. you know, an easy answer right. to, to tell other people, especially. So um, both of you accept. Right. The one that they'll accept. The questions will stop. Yeah. Okay. That's legitimate. We're good with that. Yeah. All right. You yeah. know, yeah. so, so both of you entered into this relationship from two different sides, right? That sense of maybe not as much dating experience and going kind of from relationship to relation, like not just going, having those, that 10 year relationship and the other one, mm-hmm. what, what were some of, what was that like when you both started your relationship? What were some of the things you noticed in the beginning or those challenges? Um, I think it even started, I mean, when we first were talking in the beginning, um, I mean, for about a month, we were pretty much just texting or messaging back and forth on, on social media. We actually didn't have a true in-person date yet till a month later. I mean, part of that, just mainly because of distance. distance um, yeah. yeah. And, but we didn't even video chat or, you know, FaceTime or anything I mean, like that. I mean, it was that. like Thanksgiving too. And I think you were traveling. And- yeah. So there was travel and, <clears throat> and holidays and whatnot. Um, but I know that, I mean, and she's told me that there was a lot of struggle with, um, I guess, the level of communication, because I was very much, I mean, again, kind of in the in the mode of, oh, this might be a good friend. Let's take it a little bit, you know, slower, because I was also coming from no dating experience, not really sure what this was. It's like, okay, let's, let's I, I don't know what this is. And also my, my norm a lot of times is, I don't always answer text back right away. I'm very much a, you know, sporadic. Even my friends are like, okay, maybe if I haven't heard from her in a couple of weeks, I might be like, are you alive? You know, that sort of thing. Um, and she's quite the opposite. Oh, um, that makes me sound so bad. No, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> but yes, I'm the opposite. I mean, you're just used to, yeah. you know, talking to people day to day, you know, I, I, oh, you know, I actually, I point this out in a, ro- a lot of relationships is we have different levels of, of fluff. We have different levels of, of that touchy feely fluff that we need. Some people like a lot of the texting, like some people like a lot of touch and other people, they, they don't, or they'll have a lot and then disappears and they'll have a lot and then disappears. Yeah. And so recognizing, because we write in for somebody else, our level of fluff. I, I mean, this is something I've had to work on in my own personal life too, because I was one that was very, you know, I I had a lot, I, I like a lot of touchy feeling. And if somebody's not doing the same, I actually, the message is what? Like, if you feel like you're not getting it back, like Desiree, when you would not get it back, what would it, what sometimes would your body feel if you weren't getting it back? I mean, that's, that's kind of like one of the most common struggles that, uh, uh, the, the most common themes of our struggles that we have is that um, like that, that fluff, the different levels of, of fluff, because yes. like, she's, you know, she's more independent and, you know, just because she's off living her life. And like recently she went to Portland for a week. Um, and so for like a conference and to explore and stuff. And yes, I did not hear from her as often as I was used to. Um, but then it all boils back down to just me, the change in communication just makes me so uncomfortable in my body. Um, And I think the story I try to tell myself or my, my brain like hijacks me and tries to tell me is that, you know, because she is contacting me less, she suddenly feels less for me Mm. because like, I think we identified early on that I've got a problem with object permanence, like the, 
thinking that it still exists even when it's not right in my face. Yes. So I'm going to pause you for a second and explain because yeah. that's the that's exactly as you were describing it. I was going to be like, oh, mm-hmm. this is the word that it's object permanency, which is yeah. that sense that just because you don't hear from them, all of a sudden it's like they disappear or their feelings disappear. And sometimes we need to ask for that affirmation on the outside or even be able to communicate, hey, this is how it's feeling. But it's also being able to remind ourselves, pull back in that, oh, no, wait, let me create a little memory bubble. When was yeah. the last, what was the last time they said something and it really made me feel loved or valued? And can I pull that in to fill in that space when it's gone? Right. But that's what object permanency is. It's feeling if it's not in front of me right now, I lose it. It disappears. Yeah. I mean, so basically that, that problem and then her kind of, um, because my, my reaches forward. So with being the typical anxious and avoidant, you know, matching, I reach towards and then she pulls back. And yes. so it, and then I, go more forward, yes. forward, forward. And then she goes further back. <laughs> so it's, right. it's one of those things like in the beginning, I looked back the other day, I was just like, Oh my goodness. Like we were, it was so much more difficult, like back in the beginning to manage those emotions. And so like, it's so few and far between now that when it happens, it, it well, maybe, me, like, feels big. Let me pause but back it. then it was more consistent. <laughs> because, right. I mean, it was like, you're throwing yourself in this like Petri dish dish and like, you know, yeah. trying to figure it out and noticing the reacting off of each other. What have mm-hmm. you, what has in that? And I think this is, again, this is one of the reasons why I brought you guys on. I was so excited because I think so many people don't realize, oh my gosh, my partner, one of us is anxious, one of us uh, avoidant, and we end up going round and round. And that what makes my body feel good better is to lean in and try to resolve it, try to make us get back to normal. But when I lean in, what it causes in the other partner is a sense of like, oh my gosh, my squirrel's trying to get out of its cage. Like, you know, and it wants to pull back. What you said is a lot better now. What has been helpful in, in, in how you've navigated that anxious and avoidant pattern? I mean, basically, I think that just kind of through time, I'm not sure exactly if there was a specific thing that, that, you know, we were doing, but I think through time and consistency, it got a lot easier um, because we were, you know, we were kind of just reflecting last night together to kind of prepare for this because we're nerds um, and we wanted to be prepared. <laughs> I love it. Um, I love it. My little, everyone always said I was a dork in disguise growing up, but my little dorky self is like loving it. Like I just love it. <laughs> we took notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we were, we were reflecting last night and it's, <clears throat> I think that just through time it got easier and Nikki was saying she she was like you know you've you've gotten very good cuz usually it yeah so like usually whenever it strikes like the cycle strikes and we both kind of get dysregulated we use your terminology a lot so we're just kind of like throw it out there um usually when we get dysregulated it takes one of us to kind of stop us and call it quits and I think in the in the very beginning, I was only ever able to um, acknowledge when that moment was happening when she had already shut down, and it was like minutes of me just basically talking to myself. And I think that coming from my marriage, actually, the um, to my ex husband, um, I reflect a lot on that because he was. Now that I look back, he was also avoidant, right? And so I remember just talking to him for literally 30, 40 minutes. And he's just sitting there looking so de- like almost defeated, like a scolded child. And then I was like, I am not your mother. Like I'm, I'm your wife. I'm trying to talk to you, but how I was presenting it and just constantly pushing caused him to shut down more and more. And I think that once, you know, once I start seeing those similar 
things happening with Nikki, like when we were having uh, dis- not disputes, but like just a difference in uh, viewpoint or opinion. Um, and I would bring it forward because I very much want to fix things like almost immediately. Like I have a problem just kind of sitting in discomfort. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I would bring things forward, um, I think we've, you know, we've, we've talked about that. Nikki doesn't have, but she's um, not great at discernment of um, like constructive criticism versus like uh, what's the word I'm looking for. I, don't know. I mean, or criticism, criticism, criticism and, versus like complaining, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. maybe complaining even, or how the other person's feeling as it automatically is a criticism. Yeah, right. So I want to highlight. I yeah. want to highlight something too. So I love a lot. Of what I'm doing is like stopping you guys along the way. So you're saying so many yeah, sure. stuff, yeah. but I'm I'm yeah. pointing out things that are really prevalent. Like you guys look all darling and cute. I'm like still sweaty from my walk this morning, and I'm like, gosh, dang it, I should have done something to get ready. But I was walking with a colleague of mine. We love to walk, and we we kind of consult on different cases. And actually, this morning we were talking about men in particular, but both people when the other partner shows emotion, often it, even if it's not at them. Maybe it's just um, upset at the situation that oftentimes a female showing emotion triggers a sense of mom being emotional. And then, then you'll often the partner will end up feeling like you're mad at them, even though it's not pointed at them or like you're doing something constructive or saying, pointing out a different, no, like we're troubleshooting here. And we'll often register as a parent getting mad. And because of that, it's a sense and it automatically kicks into this defensive mode or feeling like we've lost someone that our team, even if it's not pointed at them or even if it's said constructively. So tuning into our bodies and learning, how do I decipher when, oh no, that's just, that's, oh, my body's getting tripped again. It's just like feeling like my mom got upset at me. And can I decipher between the two? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, even, so one of my, like, I guess goals or kind of mindset shifts of even starting to date and, and going into, you know, relationships. And this one is, you know, I was like, I don't want to run. So I don't want to, you know, kind of like the past, you know, stopping the pattern. I was like, don't run out of fear. Try it, you know, sit in that, you know, even if it's uncomfortable. Um, so I think there is still some of that. Well, I'm curious, the more you've not run that you've stayed in the uncomfortable and again just a disclaimer we're not talking about staying in abusive behavior i i know that's nowhere right. no but yeah. that's nowhere yeah. but just right. to make that right. disclaimer this is not a blanket yeah. don't ever run so that's just a, just to put that aside. Yeah. however but, but but what you're saying is really key. what did you notice as your body wanted to there's that avoidant that that fight that survival response to flee but but when you were like no no don't run stay what did you notice with that intensity of the uncomfortable did it did it get did it go down did it stay the same the more you did that the the more you didn't run, the more you stayed when it was hard. What did you notice? Yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely gotten easier um, mm-hmm. overall. I think there are still times where there's, you know, it, yeah. In those conversations where there's this feeling of, of state in it. And maybe that's, um, I'm almost not allowing myself to, to stop sometimes where I, I push maybe too far. Um, and I, and I still stay, but I, I can't even, say talk, you know, or, yeah. or participate or hear because I'm so dysregulated. So yes. that's where it's, you know, it, I'm almost trying to push, push, yeah. push through, you know, she's giving it the old college feeling. try. She's like, <laughs> I'm like, like oh, I want to, you know, yeah. also, you know, stay in this for her because, you know, I know, you know, she wants to. So there's, you know, there's still that struggle of, of being comfortable saying it's okay to stop. It's okay to take a break. And, and I will say, 
she's been, you know, incredibly helpful. And I think grown in that sense too, of now she will be able to recognize kind of when I'm shutting down. And even if I'm too, still too afraid um, to say, Hey, can we take a break? I need a break. She'll offer that as an option. Like mm-hmm. she is able to luckily, you know, now to recognize. And so I think as, you know, time goes on, even that gives me permission, you know, that it's okay. And, you know, you know, eventually, and, and more often I will be, although it's safe to say, yeah, that's okay. I can, I can still take a break. It's, you know, we can come back and she won't get mad, you know, or it'll, it'll still, it'll still be okay. Um, right. So that's been incredibly helpful to kind of build that muscle essentially. So if, yes. And that, that's key. I want to, so again, I want to frame this so people like, so people are, so one, it's building a muscle. It's building a tolerance. If you wait for it to feel comfortable, you will be waiting a long time. It's leaning into the uncomfortable. Growing is increasing our ability to tolerate being uncomfortable, which is what you girls are doing, which is what it's doing in navigating a relationship. Two people come from two different backgrounds with two different histories, with two different sets of expectations. So you're coming into a relationship and even I'm, I'm more concerned about the couple that that says like, no, we've never had a fight. Everything's great. And they're a year in and I'm thinking, I'm more concerned and distressed about that than someone because I want to know what conflict looks like because you can't have two people coming with two different backgrounds, honor, honoring two different people in a relationship and not at some point hit a level of uncomfortable. So what's the goal in a relationship? The goal is... Can we can we sit in the uncomfortable? Can we lean in? Can we learn how to tolerate it in a way that so we learn how to navigate it? Whether it means I'm going to try to stay in the room. Can I ask for a hug? Can I just sit here and not say any words for a second? Let me ground and get back in my body. Can I communicate to my partner? I'm going to walk out right now. I'm going to take a breather, but I will come back and we'll discuss this later tonight or now. Or being able to, if you leave, at least being able to communicate that you're coming back and following through. Just a side note. With, uh, with couples that are anxious and avoidant, one of the biggest the one of the biggest complaints I'll hear on the anxious side is, well, yeah, but they avoid, they leave, but they they, they don't come back. Like we don't we don't ever get the circle around. So I always say it's so important for the avoidant to say, I will be back, or we can talk about this tonight or whenever, so that the anxious goes, okay, we got something. Okay, we can hold on to that, right? And so they for them that's there is a sense of it will be circled back around. We will be able to communicate uh, about it. Yeah. I mean, I think that the success of where we're at now, cause we've been together for almost a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so the success of where we're at right now kind of really comes from a place of mutual respect and the, the, um, the idea that we're a team. And so both of us have that team mindset and mutual respect for one another. And we want what's best for each other. It's not necessarily like a me versus you. Um, and so we're able, even in those times, cause like right now, um, like one of the things that we're still working through, so I might be getting better at, you know, backing off and giving that space and allowing that time and space yes. or offering it. And we're working on allowing her to feel more comfortable to come back to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. because kind of how we do it now is I'll give it some time and space. And if she doesn't like kind of discreetly bring it back up on her own, I will just kind of gently bring it up again. Um, and is and that okay? I think is that okay? Exactly. Yeah. I think that we we've talked about it and she's, she's, she wants to try to do it herself, but if she hasn't done it within the, you know, the allotted time, it adds more pressure. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so she's perfectly fine with me. If it's bothering me enough to, kind of bring it back up again do a little nudge um, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. That, you know yeah there's sometimes extra pressure of like oh how, how do i bring this up again because for me i'm a 
again, I'm a gentle approach. Yes. You know, if, if someone is saying, it's almost like the, Hey, I need it. Like the boss saying, Hey, I need to talk to you. And I'm like, you know, like, Oh my gosh, I don't, what, what is this? I'm in trouble. And, you, and that's even, how as you, I even as you say that, can you feel it in your body? I mean, even as you said it, yeah, I can feel yeah. it. And this, if our partner says, Hey, I want to talk to you. It's very reasonable for it to feel all of a sudden that sense of like, Oh my gosh, I'm getting in trouble. Or what are they going to say? And the longer it goes, it honestly, our body can avoid it more and more and more because it becomes bigger and bigger. So almost yeah. by, it's almost like you st- like diffusing a little of the air, like sticking a little, like a, like, like getting some of the air out of the balloon by doing a nice circle or touch back around. Right. Yeah. More kind of gentle, you know, I, I say subtle, but like within a conversation um, right. of bringing it up where like, at least for me, it's more comfortable. Um, so yeah, we're having a conversation about something else and then it's just kind of like segued. It's like a yeah, natural segue in versus yeah. a, Hey, can we, can we talk about this again? Which I will say, you know, that's, that's your preferred, you know, method. It seems like that you've said. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, kind of just okay. more direct. I'm more direct, and she's more indirect. <laughs> well, I think it's so important to highlight all these things because I think sometimes, especially these, you know, a lot of the young kids, they have this expectation or this ideal of like what they expect this ideal partner to be. Even you saying like, "No, I'm more direct. She's more indirect. I'm direct. Nope, I'm more. I've had more relationships. There hasn't been any male this time. Is that's real people." And we got to get out of these ideals of this perfect person because everybody comes with their triggers. Everybody comes with their insecurities or their own sense of this is where I, this is where I feel like I thrive. This is areas I need to work on. And so you've got to leave space for, for real, for real people. Well, with the last of our time, you know, I would say, what is, is there something? And if you don't, that's okay. We don't have an answer to this because, you know, I'm just throwing it out there and I've given you no questions ahead of time, which is how I loved it. Cause then I feel like I get this like authentic, you know, engagement, which I love, but what if you had to share one thing, either just coming from your histories, coming as a same-sex couple, which we didn't even touch on yet, but it's the sense of if you could share one thing that you wish somebody at the beginning of a relationship had sat down and shared with you, is there one thing if you had to say, I mean, not just one, but is there one thing that for you that has been like in, in your relationship together, something really important that you've learned along the way? Is there one thing you could share with people? What would What would it be or give them encouragement of? I mean, honestly, for me, just like kind of the first thing that pops up into my head, um, I probably would have preferred a better answer than this, but, <laughs> but uh, putting us on the spot. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I, not really, but I'm I think sorry. That, yeah. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that for, I know for at least me, um, one thing that I oftentimes find myself telling my younger version of me, like, um, I have a hard, hard time giving my younger version of me empathy, but I know that I did the best I could at the time with what the information I had and stuff. But one thing, my patience, my, my patience has grown and it's, I'm still pretty impatient. So that's, that's saying something, but just knowing that it doesn't stay that it doesn't stay super uncomfortable for long, like with consistency and effort, just consistent effort, it does get easier to just kind of sit in those emotions and calm your body. Mm-hmm. Because like, I used to feel so terrified to be alone. And I would just, you know, that's my whole attachment wound is just fear of being a, yeah. like being abandoned, being alone, yeah. being lonely. Um, comforting, comforting myself is, you know, everybody says that every, 
honestly, you know, there's nothing that I wish I would have told my younger self. It's everybody else has literally already told me this, but I wasn't listening until I experienced it was that, you know, you are your best comfort. Like if you can comfort yourself, then you'll be fine. And I think that just through consistency and practice, that's gotten a lot easier for me. And that's allowed me the the space. It's allowed me to give her the space that she needs. And then we're more successful, which is ultimately the the goal. Right. That's so key. That is so key that I always say like you have to spend more time in your body and with yourself and your own thoughts than anybody else on this planet. And this, this, this hyper focus on getting a partner, I'm not minimizing it. Yes. We want to share our life with somebody. Yes. We want to have somebody that's our favorite. However, even with that partner, we spend more time in our body and with our thoughts. How do I learn to grow this internal parent that's both nurturing and protective so that I have somebody tending to me at all times, whether my partner is there or not, that I'm learning to tend to, to myself. And I love what you said too about that how do I go easy on my, I always say that, well, can can I go easy on my younger self? She didn't, she didn't know how it was going to turn out. She wasn't psychic. She was, she was doing the best she had with the skills she had and the knowledge at the time. And how do I have a lot more grace for our younger self? I I look back at my teenage self and I'm like, oh, girl was a hot mess, but boy, was she, she was just trying (laughs) to figure life out. I mean, she made a disaster of it, but she was, she wasn't trying to hurt anybody. She really was just trying to figure, figure it out, you know, figure out life. So, how about how about you, Nikki? Yeah, I think I think for me, um, a little bit going back to kind of what we already said was just don't be afraid to try. Yeah, um, and kind of put yourself out there. I think um, you know you you said you know we often will think there's like this perfect person. I think I did a lot of waiting um, for the perfect person or thinking, and also thinking, oh, as I get older, you know, the older I am the easier it will be to, to know who that person is. And, and to an extent, sure. I, I know myself, you know, a bit more, but, um, I, I remember, um, when, when realizing, and I think, you know, you've said this before realizing that there's, you know, work that, you know, you do on yourself that can't happen outside of. A yeah. Relationship. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I think I was waiting for, you know, to heal myself and fix all my past problems. Um, and then, okay, yeah, then I'm, I'm ready. And also kind of rejecting if someone wasn't, wasn't a perfect person. And, you know, once I, I recognize, oh, there's actually work to be done within a relationship. I'm like, oh, well, shoot, I guess I gotta, you know, <laughs> get into one if that's, if that's the case and not saying she's just a random person to, <laughs> to get into a relationship with, but, you know, being okay with that kind of then led me to, you know, find someone that, yeah, this, you know, we can kind of work on our own things with and it's safe. And this mm-hmm. is a really good person to to do that with. Um, yeah. I grow and yeah. I love that. And I want to highlight too, there, there's something, everyone likes that, like all the butterflies in the beginning and all the newness. And sometimes we can get addicted to that, but there is something to be said about the feel of working through hard and being like you two, you two girls being like, look, we're here almost a year later. Like there, there's something about a staying power that also it's a different kind of feel. It's a different kind of love that grows when it's like, no, we've been through hard times and we are still here. Like we are still here. I mean, there's, I don't know, like it almost gets me choked up when I think about it because I, I, I just, oh, this bad hormones, damn hormones. 
I feel like there's something that says like, no, like you've seen the real me and I've seen the real you because we've dealt with hard things. And at the same time, we are still here. Like that, I think there's that ride or die, that ride or die feeling we want with somebody, which is like, I've seen you at your worst or we've worked through hard and it's not ideal. So it's the roots that it gives us to weather the storms. And that's a different feeling. And that's my desire for young people is to, to, to desire like that they'll eventually know what that feels like to have someone say, I love you no matter what. Right. And again, we don't know what the future holds. We're not going down that road, but we're just simply saying it's nice to feel that feel of roots, right? That sense of things can be hard and I'm still here. Um, and there's something yeah. that it tells us that message it sends to the other person, which is that sense of like, yeah, I like it's, it doesn't have to be perfect. And I'm here. I, I see all of you. I still remember seeing, I still remember one of my kids getting mad and throwing a tantrum when they were like in junior high, like too old to be throwing a tantrum or whatever. And I remember I turned to them and I said, I'm not happy and there will be a consequence for this behavior. However, there is space in this house for you to be just like this. And that was my way of saying, there's space in this house for you not to be perfect. There is space in this house for you to be messy and to still be loved. And I think we desire that as adults too in our partner. Yeah. Yeah. It really is a feeling, I think, I think you summed it up perfectly. I think I've been trying to like label that and within myself, but I've been reflecting on that too. And I think that that's made it easier to kind of work together through stuff is looking back at all the stuff we've, you know, yes. been through. Yes. Um, I mean, shoot, we went through like a hospitalization, like Nikki was in the hospital yeah, for like was, a month. Like, like it, yeah, early on, like month early. Three. Yeah. Oh my God. And like, I, I moved my, my dad broke his hip. Like there was a whole yeah. bunch of stuff that we we've had to navigate in such a short amount of time. But looking back, it's like, I cannot believe it's almost been a year. And then it's like, look how much stuff we've done. Look how yeah. much work we've gone through. Yeah. And just that feeling the safety. It feels safe. Mm-hmm. That, there, there's the feel. That's that feel. Yeah. If you're, and what's the sensation of safety for you girls? What's the sensation of that security? What's the feel of that in your body? I mean, for me, it's just like a, a warm, like peace. Um, yeah. I mean, and I think I've, I've told Nikki this, that like, yeah, it's, it's, it's just like a, yeah, peace. Like I don't, I don't know any other word to say. <laughs> well, no, I think that's a great place for us yeah. to wrap up. Is that is our desire? That is what we're looking for in a relationship. And this is such a well-rounded view of a real relationship, um, which is good and life-giving and challenges all at the same time. And that's what I think is really important to keep putting out there. Is this what is it? What is it? Okay, so you find your person or you find a good match. Then what? Because that doesn't mean it's easy. Right? And what is right. what is a, how do we work through that? So. I love having you guys on this on. I love this time. I hope we can do this again. It would be yeah, be very fun. I feel like you had so many good nuggets and insight to share with people that I thought was really relatable. Yeah. Thank you for having us on. Awesome. Well, with that, I'm just going to wrap up. Just a quick reminder, if you have a chance to go on and the best way you can support this podcast is by rate, review, and subscribing. That allows us to grow and reach more people. If you guys have any follow-up questions for Desiree and Nikki, I've got their email. Send your questions or your comments to me, and I'll be happy to forward them um, along. And thank you again, you guys, for taking time out of your day to share with people and share how... I loved how you met. I love that I got to meet you and how you guys continue to grow. All right. And with that, we will sign off. <laughs> <laughs>